Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Polyglot Perspective podcast. We have a very special guest with us today. Lily Burke is a New York University student currently studying five languages. Lily was born in China, but was adopted by an American family and is currently studying Mandarin Chinese, Spanish, Korean, Indonesian, and Cantonese. She's also one of our Mandarin translators here at Polyglot Perspective. I've known Lily for quite a while now, and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. So without further ado, please welcome Lily Burke. Hey Lily, thanks so much for joining me today. So excited to have you on this podcast. I know it's been quite a while since we've actually filmed an episode and updated our podcast, but I'm so excited to have all these episodes that are returning with you all. Um, and we'll be able to learn more about the wonderful polyglot youth from these episodes. So please look forward to more of these episodes in the future. To start us off, can you give us a little introduction to yourself and the languages that you're currently learning? Okay, first I'll do Mandarin. 大家好,我的名字是一鹏鹏,一是八个球鞋的一,然后鹏是朋友的鹏,我学了中文大概四年了,而且中文是我第二门语言,我觉得很舒服讲中文。then Spanish. Hola a todos, me llamo Lily y estaba aprendiendo el español por casi cinco años y medio. Creo que el español es muy interesante y para dos años aprendí el español más seriamente. Cuando era en la escuela, no aprendí mucho a hablarlo y más para tomar los exámenes. Ahora yo tengo un Instagram donde hablo con mucha gente y practico mi español. Then it's Cantonese. 大家好,我叫易鹏鹏,好高興認識你。我可以講少少的廣東話,因為我有一趟廣東話的課。我有好多廣州的朋友同埋香港的朋友。我諗一語同普通話好似啊,所以我可以講廣東話。Next is Indonesian. Halo semuanya, nama saya Lily. Senang bertemu dengan anda. Saya tahu sedikit bahasa Indonesia karena temanku orang Indonesia. Terima kasih. My last one is Korean. Yerubun, 안녕하세요. 제 이름은 보유입니다. 보유는 제가 한국어 이름입니다. 저는 한국어를 조금 할수 있어 많아서 반갑습니다. And that's it. Nice. Oh my god. Yeah, that's so cool. Like I love seeing so many people like speaking so many different languages and then one after the other. It's so hard to like actually be consistent with all different languages. So that's so cool. And to all the listeners, we'll have the translated version of Lily's introduction on our blog at polyglotperspective.com. So be sure to check that out as well. So this podcast episode is particularly special because we actually met a few months ago, I think, on Instagram when I created mm-hmm. like Polygon Perspective as an Instagram account and as a blog on the side. And the organization was pretty small. It was just like myself running it. And we got started talking. I think you DM'd me. Yeah. Um, and we got started talking about language learning which, and like super interesting topics within that. And we got to meet via IG call. So that was really cool. And so I know that since we started talking about so many different topics, I knew you'd be a wonderful guest for this podcast. So thanks so much for joining me. 
Also, on that note, I love your study gram. Like, you post so many different, like, diary entries and so many mm-hmm. different – all your posts are, like, multiple different languages, like, in Spanish, and you get so many corrections, and it's so cool. <laughs> Thank you. I really like posting it out there and sharing my progress. Mm-hmm. And so for all of us who don't know what, like, a language study gram is, can you tell us a little bit about your experience with a study gram, maybe why you started it? So a study gram is basically an Instagram, but – for studying. So you would just post maybe your notes that you took for today or you're talking about different topics or you record yourself speaking and it's a really good way to practice languages and practice with others because language is all about practice, putting yourself out there and talking. Plus writing is really important. Studygrams are really good. You can just follow one and you don't have to make your own you can interact with the people running it because they like to learn and practice too. Yeah, of course. You get to meet so many different people from so many different parts of the world. Like so many people that I've met just from starting Polycarp Perspective. Before I made it into like this organization. So many people are from so many different parts of the world, from England, from Mexico, China. Mm-hmm. It's so cool to meet so many different people. Yeah, and everyone's from different backgrounds and there's so many time zones, especially in our team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So to begin, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, how you grew up, and anything else that you'd like us to know? Okay, so a little bit about myself is that I was born in China, Jiangxi, Yichun, China. It's in the south side, and I wasn't there for so long. I was only there for nine months, and then I was adopted by an American mom. She's single, and she brought me back here for a new life. I also have a sister too, and she's also adopted. Yeah, cool. Um, and in regards to your story, I know you probably get like a bunch of questions about being adopted and things like that. But for those who are unfamiliar with the topic, like myself, can you tell us about your experience? Uh-huh. Okay, so um, being adopted, I guess I can't speak for every adoptee because everybody has their different circumstances, different environments. So I'll just speak on my behalf. Some adoptees might differ in opinion. So just being an adoptee, I guess it's not really that big of a deal. It's kind of normal. I've always known. It's not like those dramas where the mom says, You're adopted. What, mom? I'm adopted? Yeah. (laughs) It's actually not that melodramatic. Most of us Chinese adoptees know because of genetic differences like either eyes hair, and usually a different race. Like, I'm internationally adopted, so we don't look alike. So it's just something normal, and I guess being adopted, like, comes with different things. I guess at first, I remember if I went out with my mom, we would get stared at a lot because we don't look alike. But I don't really notice that stuff anymore. Just sometimes I do. But like, I really don't care and it doesn't matter. She's my mom. And also, being adopted, I guess, because I'm Chinese. Many people assume so many of the time I can speak Chinese. But then it's like, I'm adopted, so so before I wasn't able to speak Chinese and it would be a lot of assumptions. Yeah, exactly. Like, people always assuming that you speak, I mean, like, I can't relate because, like, I'm not adopted. But, of course, like you being adopted and from America. So you're like any other American person, right? Because you grew up here your entire life, excluding those nine months. Um, 
so yeah you're like any other person so I often get that too like sometimes it's like oh you speak Chinese and if you want to talk to you in Chinese and you're like oh wait like I, I'm American <laughs> I don't really speak Chinese hold up yeah <laughs> yeah I get you mm-hmm. of course so do you have any other like stereotypes that people have for adoptees um I guess you know when somebody figures out someone's adopted we commonly get asked these questions like or reactions like oh you're adopted oh i'm so sorry or wow that's so cool (laughs) or i don't know really what the right reaction is what's the right reaction you're supposed to have because everyone differs but like that's just what i've heard and uh what was the thing again oh like what are some popular stereotypes that people have for adoptees stereotypes i guess it would be like um hmm, that's a really difficult one uh stereotypes would be i'm not particularly sure i guess a popular stereotype would probably be like that you didn't know you're adopted and then like your parents automatically told you like the day and then you were shocked and then you know no a lot of us know yeah yeah of course of course yeah, I feel like especially for you, because, like, obviously you're talking about, like, the differences in culture mm-hmm. and the differences in, like, appearance and stuff like that. So it'd be pretty easy to tell. And on that note, can you talk to us a little bit about what it was like growing up monolingual in America? My mom, she isn't bilingual. She can't speak Mandarin or any other language other than English. Maybe she can understand a little bit of Spanish because she took it for eight years, but not really at a bilingual level. I guess. That's a long time, though. Yeah, but you know, like, school education, they don't really, like, help. Yeah, prepare you. But we'll talk about that later. (laughs) So, like, growing up monolingual, I guess, it's just like growing up like any other American teen or something. And by American teen, I mean, like, the ones with parents that don't really come from different backgrounds so they just speak english or they've been here for a long time so like growing up it's just normal just going to church eating with forks um just speaking english and having christmas plus a lot of different other stuff but you can do all of these things even if you're not adopted Mm -hmm. that's just what i've experienced and it might be a little bit weird or something because i'm chinese and i wouldn't do a lot of chinese things quote unquote like for instance not celebrate chinese new year or stuff like that and it's just being adopted i guess like i said there's a lot of assumptions people think i can speak the language chinese but i can't well this was before and then always people would be shocked when i tell them my story and that's why usually when i meet new people i just tell them straight up i'm adopted so i don't have to come out with like i'm adopted later and then have their reaction be like what (laughs) so it's just easier to tell them right off the bat yeah of course So do you feel you're talking about, yeah, like there's obviously this difference in culture, living in America, but looking ethnically different. So have you ever felt like disconnected from your Chinese roots? Yeah, definitely. Especially when I couldn't speak the language. It was like, I just fit the part by look. I guess I fit the part. And then like inside of me, I was like nowhere near 
being Chinese to other people because I didn't know the culture. I didn't know the language. So then inside of me, I felt really conflicted. Yeah, I'm basically American. But people see me just more like a Chinese because of my appearance. And I really had like a conflict about it, especially like identity complex. And it was like, who am I? <laughs> kind of thing. That kind of motivated me to learn Mandarin. Just like kind of to reconnect with my culture, mm -hmm. to China, Chinese. And I remember like one day it was like, I guess the first year of my high school experience. So I was like 14 years old or something. Mm -hmm. And I was in my room just staring off into space, just thinking and stuff. And I'm just like, wow. I'm really not Chinese. Even though I am Chinese and I'm just like, I can't speak my language. I can only speak English. And I don't fit other people's expectations. And I felt sad about that. And I said, I should learn about my culture, learn my language, to just get to know it and see like if that feels like a gap within me mm -hmm. absolutely i can relate to that like wholeheartedly relate to that because like when you go anywhere in public people when first first thing all everything all assumptions are based on mm -hmm. appearance so when they look at you they just think oh she's chinese she probably speaks chinese so a lot of times like even if i go with my parents like my parents look well my mom looks chinese and my dad looks hispanic yeah. of course um but whenever we go out in public and i go with my mom then people just assume or like people just assume that we can both speak chinese mm. when previously we could not both speak chinese my mom can't speak a word of chinese either so it's just yeah, yeah. it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty annoying sometimes when sometimes you go to the store and then people just start mm -hmm. talking to you in chinese and you're like oh i'm so sorry like i can't speak and then, like, they can't speak English. But, yeah, so that's why I think it's always good to try to learn as many languages as you can. And especially learn about different cultures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, language and culture really do tie into each other. Because I felt like learning more and more Chinese, I got to connect with my culture, learn more about China. And I'm just like, wow, that's a wonderful <laughs> place. And I didn't even, like, think about it for years and years i remember thinking to myself oh my gosh um like what cool thing is there about china because i didn't know before i didn't know much about it i was like korea has their k-pop they have their k-dramas and it's so cool and they have their fashion too and then japan they have their cool inventions and they have anime j-pop and so many amazing things and i was interested in both of them and i'm just like what does china have how am i going to be motivated to study and then my main motivation was like learn about my culture at first and the more i studied chinese i realized i love the language yeah i think that's definitely true for languages in the beginning sometimes like for me too, I started learning Chinese just to connect more with my culture because I felt like also that disconnect because yeah. my grandparents can speak it, my cousins can speak it, but my family can't speak it. And when you go mm -hmm. to public, people expect you to speak it. So it's always good to learn. 
And so I definitely felt that when I started learning Chinese, I felt really a lot more connected to my culture. I understood a lot more things, even though my Chinese isn't that good. It's just I could speak with my grandparents, I guess with my grandma, even whether it be like two minutes of a conversation, it was still something. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Languages truly do connect people. Yeah, definitely. And as we talked earlier about this, but you mentioned that both you and your family have been on trips to China in the past. So how does it feel to be back in your hometown? So like, um, I wasn't there for a long time, just nine months, but it felt surreal to see the country that I was born in. And I went to a lot of tourist places, like the Great Wall of China and a couple different provinces like Sichuan and um, Shanxi. And it was so amazing to see and just like I'm I'm pretty much a language nerd. So then I see all around me like signs and Chinese and then people talking to. I'm just like, ooh, let me write that down. Oh, that's so cool. And while I was there, I actually kept a documentation of everyone I talked to in Chinese. So it's just a <laughs> memoir kind of thing for me and showing that I talked to 62 people in 10 days and in Chinese (laughs) oh my gosh wow that's crazy 62 people in 10 days how long were you there for yeah I was only there for 10 days it was like a heritage trip so um what's cool about it is China they fund adoptees returning back to China to see their country so it's a short trip It's only 10 days, but it's packed with, like, a lot of different stuff to do. And it's pretty cool. I went with a group of adoptees, too. Oh, American adoptees? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. That's so exciting. You all probably had, like, similar experiences. It's probably really Mm -hmm. cool to see people that had grew up similar to you. Yeah, it was so cool. Yeah, that's so wonderful. And on the topic of, like, multilingualism and growing up only speaking English... I feel like in America, that's super common. We see like any, I'd say any average American probably grows up only speaking English. And we obviously we go to school and we learn like Spanish or maybe French or a language like that, but we don't really get immersed into that language. But I feel like, especially in the study ground community and in the language community, so many people from abroad, they grew up speaking like three, four languages just because of exposure, right? And English as well. Yeah, you see a lot of the studygrams, they come from like Europe or Asia and they're just used to like their system is like you have to study English, you have to study a foreign language. It's basically a requirement. But in America, it's not really so pushed upon us to learn a language because we're always told, oh, English is the standard language of the world. Everyone has to learn it. So a lot of people don't like put that much pressure on us to learn another language. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think so many people, like so many Americans think we only need to learn English. There's no point learning any other language. Have other people learn English to communicate with us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that definitely adds to the fact that so many teenagers and youth especially are not really interested in learning languages. They don't, they just, they don't really care. And after that three or four year period of high school that they are required to learn languages, they stop learning languages. Yeah, you're right. And that just brings to attention how many flaws that the school has involving teaching language, right? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think that schools, honestly, they prioritize too much of like 
exams, studying for exams mm-hmm. and studying for tests and doing like written work. I mean, written work is fine too, but I feel like just having a well-rounded balance and especially since speaking is the main form of communication for everyone, especially in today's world, it's so important to be able to learn how to speak and be able to comprehend what you're listening um, and respond back to people. For sure. Like school is usually just like exams, like reading. And I remember I took Spanish for like two and a half years and I couldn't speak it at all. Like I could kind of, but like it was just bad and stuff because we didn't speak in the classroom much. It was just like all focused on taking tests, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And yeah, after all the Spanish class, I just took a break and then I picked it up again and... This time I did self-study and I improved a lot. I could understand mostly everything right now. So that just shows how like school, even though it gives us so much time, they just try to like cram stuff in your head. They should really update their way of teaching. It should be actually like really fun to learn a language and show like the students that learning the language is so useful. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. Because I mean, like, if you think about it, no one's going to want to learn a language. If it's just like, we have a test every other week. And then like, Mm -hmm. you need to learn like 50 vocabulary words in like a day to be able to, you know, complete an essay or something like that. Like, that's just I think that's too rigid. And I feel like we should be able to learn more about a different culture. That's the point of languages in the first place to learn more to talk with people yeah exactly Exactly. so on that note can you tell us a little bit about self-studying because you mentioned that rather than studying in school you like self-studying so can you tell us about your routine how you got into self-study so self-study i got into it because i'm like i was actually using a lot of apps before i even had chinese class so i did a lot of like different like you start up with learning the basics and then um I watched a lot of videos too to learn as self-study and I talked to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and online actually there's a lot of resources to help you there's a lot of free things too so not only you don't have to always just jump the gun and just go to an institute study or a school you can do it so easily (laughs) just from your home because you have one of these things, a computer, a phone, or something. It's just really easy to access so many like so many resources. And when you're self-study, you get to choose the topics you want to learn. So it's like you have the power. It's not like the teacher saying, you're going to learn 50 words on how to say shirt or something. <laughs> Or you're going to learn 200 words about how to sell a house when you can't talk to someone yet. (laughs) So um, definitely if I had to give advice from being a self-studier, I would say start off by learning the 50 essential phrases and the most common words in the language. And you should watch a lot of videos and listen and repeat. That's really, really important for learning languages. Oh, do you like shadowing? Yeah, I love that. It might be a little bit hard if you start off at first. So you can actually shadow with a native speaker. Like they say a basic phrase. Like 
¿Cómo estás? How are you? And then you just repeat after the native speaker a couple of times and you can like move on. Shadowing is the best. And when you're like, I guess, intermediate or advanced, you can even do like articles with the person just speaking it and then you repeat after them. You read the article too. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I actually have not tried shadowing yet, but I think that'd be cool. It's totally cool. Yeah, I usually just print out like transcripts and then go through those and then like repeat, repeat, and then listen to the podcast, listen to, yeah. But everyone, ha everyone has a different method, but I really like methods you mentioned. Do you have any like apps or books, I guess, or even free resources or YouTube channels that you would recommend? Um, it depends on each language, but I'll just share a really important tip okay. and advice. I guess so if you're learning a language, try to use as little as your mother language as possible. This is possible even from zero. You can go and just listen to content of the language you want to learn. So there's actually a concept describing this and it's called comprehensible input. It's a technique I believe in strongly. It means that you don't really need your language to necessarily comprehend something. So you can learn through like somebody showing pictures and talking or like they don't have to talk fully like we are right now. They can just be like, ball, while pointing to a ball right here. Or they have an apple, and then they can teach eating. Or something like simple gestures, pictures, and like a lot of body movement. Because a lot of communication can be in the form of body language and images. So try to listen as much as you can. You can even like watch those channels that don't speak English. Sometimes they have subtitles too. Because I remember there was, um, I think her name is Maria Spanish. She does a lot of videos just in Spanish. And there's English subtitles if you want to put them on. And that's really, really helpful from the get-go to just listen. Listen and more listening. <laughs> Because, you know, as a kid, you're always listening to your parents or caregiver and that's how you get your vocabulary to build up so if you keep listening it doesn't matter if you're an adult you can still learn yeah i agree with that like taking it back to, i love how you pointed out taking it back to the basics of like how do you think kids learn right they they don't learn because they know another language right their first language is going to be their native language and they learn that through like different signs body language like repetition a lot of repetition so that's really important to include Yeah, exactly. You're not just going to give a baby a textbook and say, memorize all this. Exactly. Like, there's fun ways to learn, too. <laughs> How do you feel about that whole claim that, like, oh, like, now that I'm 20, I can't learn a language? No. <laughs> okay, I completely disagree with, like, those claims, and I'm kind of proof, because I could only speak English, so, like, I was monolingual. So when I was 14, 15 or something, like that's when I really started to learn languages. And now I can speak multiple. They're not all perfect. And like that just shows you no matter how old you are, you can start learning. And it shouldn't be this misconception saying, oh, I'm too old to learn a language. There's so many like amazing polyglots that learned when they were older, like Steve Kaufman. He was doing languages when he was younger, 
but he's picked up so many over the years yes. and he's really influential in our language learning community <laughs> yeah absolutely I, I always look to him like as such like a big like role model in the language learning community because he's he's been learning languages for he hasn't been learning languages for like i think he said he didn't learn languages for the first like half of his life not that many but then the second half of his life he started going and diving deep into so many different languages and now he is definitely like a hyper polyglot and it's so cool to hear his experiences yeah it's amazing yeah and on that note I know it might be like a touchy subject, but do you consider yourself a polyglot or how does that work? Um, I have really high expectations for myself. So if I can't just speak in that language entirely to someone, I don't really count it. I guess I can get by with four languages like English, Mandarin, Spanish, and Cantonese. Because like, yeah, if you can communicate with people, I guess you can count it as the language that you're fluent in or close to fluent yeah absolutely i feel like the term polyglot is like people use it pretty loosely sometimes it's like oh i'm a polyglot i can speak 20 languages but then i only know like hi in 20 languages so it's like people have different interpretations of the word because you know those videos or something saying i can speak 30 something languages and then when you see them speak they just repeat the same phrase over and over again and like (laughs) It's okay if you're not there yet, if you're not at that fluent level. It's okay. It's okay if you're not a polyglot. You're already picking up a lot of languages. You don't have to lie about being a certain level. It's okay. We're all here to support each other. And it doesn't matter how many words you can say. It just matters about how brave you are to speak and to communicate and to learn. Yeah, I love that point that you brought up. Language learning is it's about building a community and communicating with people from all over the world and just being comfortable speaking it and going out there. Like not many people actually go out there and, you know, learn five, six, seven languages. So it's like props to you for going out there and learning languages, even though, you know, it may not be good in certain languages. Everyone's still learning and no one's going to be perfect. You know, I'm not even, no <laughs> one's perfect at their native language anyways. And on that note, can you give us some last few language learning tips and advice that you have? I would say don't always go the paid route. There's a lot of free stuff. Another one is really don't be shy to speak. Even if you have a heavy accent or you're afraid that someone's going to laugh at you. I remember when I first started... I was really fearful to speak Chinese because, you know, I had so much expectations because I look Chinese. But then when they hear me, they would say, they would call my Chinese broken or some people even laughed at me too. But if people laugh at you, take it with a grain of salt. Yep. Like, don't let it weigh on you so hard. Are they learning as many languages as you are? Are they learning language? So if they judge you, just don't care. And just keep putting yourself out there. Putting yourself out there is like really the best way of practicing and getting better. Oh, and on that note, if somebody tries to speak your language, maybe it's a little bit broken or not the best, don't laugh at them. You can help them instead. And let's just be everybody's supports. Like, all of us together. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I absolutely love that. Because I know one of the hardest parts, I know we're all so passionate about learning languages. One of the hardest parts is actually going out there and speaking it with the natives, right? So I know it can be pretty difficult, especially even for myself, to speak um, a language that I'm learning because I look Chinese, but then I didn't grow up speaking it. So like when I speak with natives, will they think that, you know, oh no, like, 
what happened there, right? Because she looks Chinese, but she can't speak it. But I definitely think it's just about going out there and putting yourself out there because you're not going to be perfect in the language and you're not going to get better unless you practice. Do you have any last minute things you want to say or anything you want to share with us? Believe in yourself. (laughs) Yes, I love that. Yeah, and like I said, put yourself out there. That's the best way. Oh, also, by the way, you can follow my study gram. It's ily dot underscore heart studies. So you can follow my language learning progress and we can practice together, you know? Yep, of course. And that's on Instagram, right? Cool, cool, cool. Thank you so much for joining me today, Lily. I loved hearing about your story and just learning more about you and your different experiences with learning languages, why you learn languages. I love that. So thanks so much again for joining me.